Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. It's nothing personal. I well, fully yes. accept the back of your head. It's okay. <laughs> well, boy, how many times have you said that? Said Hello. the actress. Hey. A few times. Said right. the actress to the bishop. The question is, how many times has James heard it? <laughs> no. On the mic. On the microphone. Oh, no. You mean we're recording see. already? Oh, we've been recording this whole time. You can't let those gems go. He's no. been recording since 10.30 this morning. It's a lot of dead air on this on this podcast. <laughs> you got you to sift through the, the crap to get to the, the, I don't know. There's the the corn. You sift through the crap to get the corn. That's a new saying. I, no, no, that, no, it's not. I think my grandpappy yeah. said that. You have to see that Through movie about the maze to get the corn. <laughs> yes. Couldn't you just go to the store and buy some bird's eye or something? Yes. <laughs> I guess you could. I mean... I like sifting through crap. I, you know what? I, it's just a saying. Okay, it just depends on what they're eating. No, Blame? No, no, it's not even a saying. Blame Grandpappy. It it's Grand not Pappy? a saying. I think yeah. more like Grand Poopy. Grand Poopy Morgan. Although with the rain we had in Los Angeles this week, I did have to bring back one from uh, Granddaddy Green. He was born and raised in Louisiana, so he had that accent his whole life, even when he moved to Texas and was there forever. But when it would be come a, a huge storm he would come in you know from having to roll the car windows up or whatever he had to do and oh man it come a gully washer that's my favorite <laughs> it come a gully washer and you and know you the know the title exactly. of our show today there, we, there it is it and then did he say my bunions are barking <laughs> Well, I got the story I need to take home to the girlfriend, so I'm gone. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Well, let's introduce a newbie. We've got a brand new uh, snark monkey in the, our midst. Uh, please raise your right hand and repeat after me, uh, James. I state your name. I state your name. Uh, thank you. He passed. If you get to the if you get the animal house bit, you don't actually have to do the whole oath. And since we're all Excellent. old, and it's another sausage fest this Plus week. Plus, I raised my right hand on radio, so that's <laughs> nice. I think even at this age, and almost all of it, I mean, every one of us has had relationships, mm -hmm. presumably with women, mm -hmm. um, yeah. and yet we still, at, at, and I have a feeling that maybe Jason is the one exception to this, still can't get women to be around us at this age. It's just, I can't get a female to show up for this damn thing. Then let me put out a like, little like request to some females oh. to come through and, and, and rap with us, because I've got some friends, they would come in and they're gold. This, come in and but did you hear so how Jason commentary? just kind of slid that really? in? Oh, you know what? Let me take care of that. <laughs> if I could call oh. them gold yeah. like I'll make that. a snarky call. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. I mean. Let me, yeah, let me let me dial up some numbers. I'm just saying. All right, here's the challenge then. You got yeah. an hour. Get one here now. <laughs> no, yeah. no, no, no. You don't have to do it now, but for future, absolutely. Yeah. I yeah. can call, call a couple of my friends. Because I, I just don't have any power with the, with the ladies. It's yeah. all good. We need bro. some broads. <laughs> Uh, so, James, welcome. You will recognize right away that this is absolutely free form. We talk about whatever kind of hits us during the week. And I will start, and you weren't privy to this because of previous weeks. 
Uh, in a strange twist of snark monkey irony, this weekend I will be attending a movie junket for Paul Thomas Anderson's new film, Inherit Vice, mm. which oh, I'm yes. really actually excited about seeing. But the twist of irony is my one-on-one -on -one interview, uh, first one up, will be with the star of the much maligned, on my part, film Goonies, one Josh Brolin. Good. Oh. Perfect. So that's been oh. some karma coming back on my Wonderful. ass. Very that's nice. what you get. So if anybody has any Josh Brolin questions for me real quick, bring them on. Maybe you could ask him how Thomas Pynchon might have imagined Goonies. <laughs> <laughs> well, and to James, wow. well, the comment there is because Inherent Vice is actually an adaptation of the Thomas Pynchon novel. Oh, it, it's, yes. it's not the, the old show with uh, Don Johnson and Philip Michael Thomas? No, that would be Miami Vice. Ooh. Yes. Yes. Like so thank you, James. I'll actually bring that up. So, so if Thomas Pynchon had written Goonies, it would go a little something like this, and we'll see where it goes. Mm hmm so I'm excited about that. Any other Josh Brolin questions? Any Barbara Streisand questions? Any? Uh, <laughs> someone uh, did bring up to me today on Facebook because I, po I posed the same thing of a former Snark Monkey interviewee, uh, Seth Sherwood, said I'd be curious to know about how he kind of kept going. I mean, if you think about it, he came on the scene. Basically, Goonies was his first movie, and then he did nothing but guest appearances and you know one-off TV shows and little parts in movies, basically until No Country for Old Men, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In, into his, you know... Mid-40s. Yeah, exactly. Can, Which, can, maybe you can ask him if he's uh, yet ready to apologize for Jonah Hex. Yeah. <laughs> Why, what did Jonah Hex do? <laughs> uh, about $4 at the box office. Thank you. But I'm excited Well, look, his father was in the car, right? So... We yeah, to, oh, he did no. actually comment on that. I mean, I'm not going to speak for Mr. Brolin, but <clears throat> he which, did comment on which that. Which Mr. Brolin? Young Mr. Brolin. Oh, okay. Um, he did comment on that. Uh, the in between the years when No Country for Old Men came out and the next big movie he was doing, um, I think it was Sin City. Uh, but he did comment in an interview, and he said that he was told that he was going to have a career, but that he was going to have to grow into his thing. He yeah. had to mature into his thing. Well, it, admittedly, he was. How old was he when he did Goonies? He Teenager. was late teens, maybe. He yeah. was the, like 17, 18, maybe. So you know, child actors don't necessarily explode right into the scene after that. They're brand new. They're, they're they're. I mean, he certainly stayed at it. And if you do look at his IMDb, it's like episodes of so and so here and there. If if you do want to compare careers and look at his father James, mm. uh, you, who mentioned the car. Mm -hmm. um, Don't remember Amityville Horror. Yeah, well, was that was probably his biggest hit. That movie was awesome. Wasn't he, he on Marcus Welby? Uh, yeah, he was yes. on Marcus Welby. I have a hotel. Very hotel. I have a mm -hmm. very vague memory of one of those ABC movies of the weeks back in the early '70s, where he played a guy who was stuck in a department store after it was locked, and the dogs were released. And and he was fighting. Which these is what you do Dobermans. after you lock a department store, I right, guess. Right, right, because they had guard dogs, and it was one of those things like escape from the nightmare. Wow. You know, one of those things. Oh, oh, uh, Westworld. James. Oh, Brolin sure, was oh, absolutely. Spectacular. With Yul uh, Brenner saying somebody wants his mama or something <laughs> like that. And here's a little tidbit about James Brolin. I bet none of us knew, and this is kind of great. He played three different roles. Oh, don't say oh. it! Don't say it! Trilogy of Terror with Karen Black. No. Darn it! 
But Darn now we're, it. Now we're going to talk about that. He played three different roles on the original Batman series in the 60s. Okay, he wins. He played, dead, he played Kid Gulliver in the episode Ring Around the Riddler. He played Reggie in the Catwoman Goeth. Are you serious? And he played in the in the one called the Cat and the Fiddle. He played Driver. I, oh my God! That I was have a no reach. idea. That's yeah. fantastic. As wow. an actor, that inspires me. No kidding. At least he wasn't Driver One, right? And you didn't bring this up to, to Ralph Garman. Why? I, I was trying to make the connection from Ralph Garman to James Brolin. I don't know. I just learned this fact just now. But that gap in Josh Brolin's career is very encouraging because that means Screech could be in the next Coen Brothers movie. Oh, please. <laughs> please, God, no. No, he's the next Tarantino's career oh, say. Yes. Yes. Oh, only if there's a God because I would pay oh. good money to see what he comes yes. up with. That's, actu- that's actually a good topic. Who should be the next uh, career that's revived by Quentin Tarantino? Philip. Michael Thomas. Mm-hmm. Good guess. Good, bringing it back to Miami mm-hmm. Vice. Absolutely. Wow, what's he doing right now? Um, not probably sure. not listening to this podcast because he doesn't own a computer, is what I would say. Let's go around the room and start with the Iceman, Rob Iceman Eisenberg. How are you, sir, and what is on your mind? Heidi ho everybody. Uh, I am fine. Thank you very much. Um, what's on my mind is last night... I, uh, good, 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 good. Uh, Peter Panned... <laughs> I'm sorry, Peter Peter Pan. Excellent. Uh, You know, Allison Williams, she's got spunk. She's got moxie. Mm -hmm. She does sing very well. Nice. She was oddly arousing. Uh, um, Dressed as a fairy boy? But man, yes. (laughs) But man, oh man. After that, it's going to take a little bit more uh, analysis, I think, at this point, that Rob was aroused (laughs) aroused by a younger woman. woman Dressed in fairy boy a, dress. Mm, yes. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, three hours, man, that took a long time. Now, is this, uh, uh, because I watched not nary a second of it, but was this the same music as they did in the original Mary Martin, yeah, the classic? Yeah, some new songs, though. Yeah. But I think the thing that everybody is talking about today is, and I was kind of monitoring uh, the Twitter sphere and face blog yeah. and Insta Insta book Insta groovy Insta groovy. How is, old is, are you? Is that uh, basically people kind of liked it, and all of the scorn was saved for Christopher Walken. Yeah, which now, is a shame because he was just doing his thing and trying. He almost was kind of doing a Johnny Depp pirate voice, but not quite. And he just looked like he was somewhere else. Well, even in the promos that they've been running incessantly for the last month as they've been doing rehearsals or whatever, Walken looks like he's in the orig- the early blocking stages mm-hmm. while everybody else is flying around him and they're singing and dancing going on. And it he's wasn't like, much do I different. stand here? It no. was not much different. Wow. I think he forgot a lot of his lines because he just kind of started looking around and someone else would say something. And his singing, really, you could barely hear it. What little bit there was, and the dancing, what little bit there was, was just a couple of moves. I mean, he is 71 years old, after all, but like you said, there's, who all, isn't? This, yes, there's <laughs> yeah. all this frenetic stuff going around with, with, with these young guys in their 20s and teens dancing around. But we've seen him in recent history in movies put some gusto into his performances. It wasn't that long ago he was on SNL and, and right, you know right. certainly handled live television. And didn't I hear also that he pitched himself? For the gig? I, I don't know. That I, I did not hear. Yeah. I don't know. But but while you were watching this, you were just thinking, you know, what would Hugh Jackman have done with the role? What would even Neil Patrick Harris have done with the role? 
he just he just did not seem to be in the same room with the other actors. There was no facial expression at all. He never changed his facial expression. His line readings, except when he raised his voice to to, to, to maybe yell at somebody, were, is, was all the same. And he wasn't even Christopher Walken. He wasn't doing that sort of weird, punctuated speech. He wasn't doing he was a William just, Shatner impression? He was just, <laughs> he was just you know, talking anything. very kind of dull and just very, just like he was lost in the light. Jason, was, can did, you... Did, can he, did he tell Peter the uh, watch monologue? From Pulp Fiction? Uh, no. <laughs> oh, my God. No. Because that would have been great if he had. Well, it was Can you imagine taking it, that out with a hook, though? <laughs> right? I mean, let's be honest. It would have been painful. Didn't the crocodile swallow a, a clock and there was ticking all yes, the time? Yeah, right. Oh, my God. That would have been perfect. That would have been great. Yes. Well, there's the pair. If we were still doing comedy bits. Sponsored by Rolex, oddly enough. And, yes, he did say. Do you he, do a walk-in? You know. Not really. Apparently not. But at one point he said, I, I <laughs> hit this miserable I sword up your ass. For, for you know, as He did say that one point. <laughs> An but, inside uh, joke. But man, that could, that could have been two hours. Did you sit Easy. through the whole thing? Uh, I was reading and watching and reading and watching. Um, it, it was real. I just wanted What's to see reading? in case something. Yes, thank you. Uh, I was reading an e-book, if that matters. Ah. But I just wanted to see, like everybody else, if something went horribly wrong, which it didn't. So... To the technicians, to the other actors, to, to Allison Williams, hey, great job. I mean, they put on a live show for three hours, but I, just everybody kind of said the same thing. Why was Christopher Walken yeah. not walking just, through it? It was like dead man. Mm. It was like dead man walking. There we go. Fun. That's there the better is. joke. Um, you know, and apparently it only got half the ratings of yeah, the Sound of Music. Yeah, I was just going to say that. It got about 7 million uh, as opposed to Sound of Music, which got about 14. Now, I wonder how much of that has to do with the fact that Sound of Music has just this massive universal appeal and Japan and maybe a little more niche. Well, isn't Carrie Underwood just on the surface a lot bigger draw than, yeah. than, than Allison Williams, yeah, who absolutely. people only really know from girls? That's literally yes, the only absolutely. thing yeah. she's known yes. for. Absolutely. And that's very culty. And Walken, while that... At first, seems like inspired casting because you gotta love anything he tries. Mm -hmm. uh, that's not a big draw either. No. So, no. Okay. I mean, Rob's right. If they put Hugh, if they put Jackman in, it would have been a rating. Oh God, Hugh, and it would have been drastically better. I didn't see it, but <laughs> it would have been drastically, drastically better. Drastically, he's a stage guy. I, love I mean, that. he's yeah. a musical stage dude. He's he's got chops. He's talented. Yeah. So. You know who would have been really good, and I, and I said this to Mrs. Iceman last night, and she scoffed at me. But, As she often does, and, and, by right. the way. And, and, wouldn't and she be Mrs. I wouldn't she Ice Woman? She would be Ice Woman, okay. but we don't tell her that. But um, <laughs> frosty chick. I don't even know what, what that means. Yeah. Um, so just what told but, her. but think about this. Think about this. Miley Cyrus as Peter Pan. Some edge. She's she's buzzy. She already has the haircut. She's got the haircut. She's she's small. She's built like he is. She, yeah, I mean, she if she can. wasn't a huge insurance and FCC risk, that actually would right. be kind of inspired. Yeah. Because I can see her taking her little finger and rubbing it all over <laughs> or start, Captain Hook's or start twerking you start know? Twerking yeah exactly <laughs> but think about it the Peter Pan Peter Pan twerk alright when we reboot it there we go yeah, yeah. yeah which they probably are already rebooting it who now, is Tinkerbell Tinkerbell was a little computer generated uh, light like oh. cursor from Auto Man or something it was actually That's so they awesome. never had Auto Man <laughs> thank you Desi like Arnaz Jr <laughs> ladies and gentlemen like that Jason Kelly yes <laughs> You gotta throw your arm out with a reach like that. You know what I mean? Oh, oh man. That weirdly Get reminds me yeah. of an 80s movie that I love that uh, I gotta write down. We'll talk about it later. Um, I'll talk about it now. Real genius. I've been, oh, been spectacular. hearing. Oh, spectacular. are you doing? I've been hearing 
No, they're not. Yes, they're oh, I heard that too. They're redoing it as a sitcom. Okay, that'll work. That sounds even worse to me. No, that there's a silly comedy movie from the 80s that was 80s right yeah it was yeah. 80s yeah. yeah it's when val that, kilmer still looked like val kilmer I, and i thought val kilmer was the coolest guy in the world oh, in absolutely. that movie i wanted to be val kilmer in that movie i wanted to be that smart and that cool i don't have a lot uh, to comment on real genius but i do have a val kilmer anecdote oh god yes. yes james napoli um, everybody walking along the streets of my hometown of boston some years ago and there was val giving a dedication at the christian science center hmm. and a drunk walked by and yelled out Doc holiday <laughs> It was just fantastic. <laughs> now, well, now, to be honest, the drunk is right. He did kick ass as Doc Holliday. Admittedly, that's right. Awesome. That's right. Maybe yeah, his, best his best role. role. Maybe his best his role. Best role. Yeah. Uh, James, as long as we're talking to you now and oh. you're the newbie in the group, anything that's kind of top of mind for you as far as media, uh, movies, TV, anything that's really exciting you right now? I didn't know I had to bring the rant right away. <laughs> no, you don't have to rant. But... But you can rave if you want. Well, I guess I'm. A, I guess I'm over Star Wars. I'm sorry. I'm one of those. The new one? Yeah. Really? I'm not really that psyched about All it. All right, you may leave. Oh, okay. And quickly. Yeah. Uh oh. <laughs> I rebuke you. I gotta kind of be with you, James. I'm more of a Star Trek. Look, here's okay. my thought on right. it. Here's my thought. All right. The Force. The Force is really just a metaphor for the potential we all have inside of us to run a promising franchise into the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Which which George Lucas desperately tried to do with his own last three movies. Yes, um, I got very excited about the trailer, and I know mm -hmm. it's not there's not much to look at. I just I have high hopes simply because it's being run by the fanboys now, and they are going to be as protective of it as I think we are. And right. good point, I, good point. I got I got very excited about it. now. People have picked apart that trailer. I have admittedly watched it. 75 times. I'm wow. right there with you. I watched it easily. And I've picked apart the trailer a little bit, too. What, have you analyzed it, Mikey? Uh, to a degree, just a little bit. And um, Please enlighten us. Uh, 75, though? Is this this is accurate. 75 well, times? maybe it's like 72. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I, you know, like the, like the best of any trailers, you don't really exactly know what's going on because they haven't given you any plot or anything like that no. yet, necessarily. <laughs> But just little individual scenes, like 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 uh, the the, the X-wings going up, flying over water, or the the Millennium Falcon coming back up over over the desert planet, which might be Tatooine, might not, um, and it's got its um, it's got its radar shield, it's got its ra its radar uh, screen back up, which got knocked off uh, in, uh, in in Episode Six. Wow! Yeah. And there's a shot. There's a sh there's a shot of a bunch Lando of storm. Lando knocked that shit off. Yes, he did. That's and, there right. and there's a shot of a bunch of storm. You see stormtroopers in in like three quarter face, and they're lined up. And there's one of them that's just a little bit uh, shorter than the others. And my first thought is, isn't he a little short for a stormtrooper? Ah, look Boom. what you did there. Seriously though, I, I I that might actually mean something. Okay, yeah. but. Is that Abrams, once again, and I've complained about this before, in his second Star Trek movie, which was nothing but references to old Star yes, Trek agreed. tropes. That was annoying to me. Yes. I was distracted in that movie. So, um, the second I, I Star Trek, it. I loved it. The second no, Star Trek it. was Search for Spock. I mean, I mean, The Wrath of Khan. So it was. It was that re whole movie but rebooted, basically. There's no way to, for him to actually take this portion of the franchise. I don't know whether they're doing a reboot or whether they're telling more stories off, off of this thing, but I don't think there's a way for him to go back and try and retell the first three. No, I know he's he's going forward. He's not going back. forward. Yeah, you can't uh, you can't bring the same actors back from four, right. five, and six. Yeah, into unless, seven, unless you're going forward. Unless the first dude that we saw in the in in the in the trailer is a young Lando Calrissian. 
Uh, uh, oh, the Black, oh. Black yeah, Storm yeah. Trooper. John Boyega? No, if it's I don't John, think so. but I don't, that's more, my point. I don't think that is. Now, yeah. if he is Lando's cousin or his nephew or his long-lost son between him and Princess Leia, that works for me. Well, is that because that opening image of the trailer is uh, a desert landscape and then uh, uh, African-American face or whatever galaxy she's from <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, in a Stormtrooper outfit, but with the helmet off. Yeah. African-American in a galaxy. Far, far away. I, I thought it was Tracy Morgan, That's to tell you the good. truth. The first time I saw it, I really did. I thought it was Tracy Morgan. I'm not kidding. No, Rob. It ain't me. <laughs> <laughs> that would be an awesome cameo. It would that be great. Would be, yeah, what be. I find most impressive was the, the credit crawl, you know, the, the expository information at the beginning. He's going the other direction. It's so revolutionary. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's coming from the top. I, yeah, from, exactly. From outer space thought, in. I, for a second, I thought it was that scene from Spaceballs where the two brothers are combing the desert and go, we ain't found shit. That's what I thought it was. Great movie. And yeah, now there's good. so many parodies of the trailer that are all over Facebook. I I don't know which is the real one anymore. Oh, the the George Lucas recut version of that trailer is spectacular. Oh, I haven't seen oh, that. Oh, you've got to. You remember you saw the uh, uh, the the uh, lightsaber broadsword that had the two sides right, come out? Right, right. Well, the, somebody doubled the image and reversed it, so now it's a double-sided lightsaber with two broadsword handles. It's just so innately crazily George Lucas this is how I'm making it quote unquote better mm. yeah oh it's hysterical that was maybe the most focused on thing out of the whole trailer is that is the lightsaber with yeah. with the hilt the, mm-hmm. the, the the two lasers coming out of the hilt and I did see a meme uh, that got around pretty well uh, that made it look like a basically a lightsaber version of a Swiss Army knife. So there's like a, <laughs> it pops out and then a bottle opener comes out. And a, that's great. It Cork was pretty screw. awesome. Oh, yeah, great. exactly. It was pretty awesome. I think the movie's so gonna J- be good though. James, but continue if your rant conti- does have a continue. Uh, is are you just over it? Did the last three movies just kind of burn you out? Or yeah, yeah, I think that's what it was. Yeah. And I feel like you know we're in this culture of everything being franchised and pushed out at us in so many other ways it was like let's get something new out there let's get the next star wars the guardians of the galaxy was a good little try yeah you know? yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah they crushed that absolutely i i agree with you from the standpoint of way too we and we've ranted about that already in here way too many reboots way too many sequels that don't aren't needed all of that i think star wars in particular from the beginning lent itself because it was designed I think with that that old-fashioned serial thing in mind, the way the saga. It, kind of Indiana Jones was based on that and did not necessarily hold up that well. But because there was a saga involved and that Lucas kind of had this, you know, spanning adventure in mind, that if they can, I I think it's like with James Bond. You know, I think Star Wars could potentially go on forever, and I think there'd be people interested in it. Mm-hmm. Excellent point. Uh, yeah, but but I agree with you from the standpoint of overall, we're just not getting enough original material. And when it comes along, even if it's decent, we're all excited. I didn't think that Guardians of the Galaxy was a great movie, but it was so fresh and had such a different feel to it mm-hmm. that it yes. it made everybody go, "Thank God!" And yeah, it also yeah. came at a time. As we've said before, where the movies just sucked for weeks and yeah, weeks at the box office. Uh, Jason, what's on your mind? Peaky Blinders on Netflix. That keeps popping up on my Netflix. Man. I don't know what that is. Oh my gosh! And it's season two already. It's it, the seasons are six, six episodes long. All it's right. Cillian Murphy, Sam Neill, um, Paul Anderson. It's a story. Oh, Jesus, that's a <clears> it's good, fantastic. That's a nice cast. Yeah, it's a fantastic. Wow. And, and then so this is Tom a Hardy shows. Tom Hardy joins the cast in season two. Oh, then I'm in. Well, now I is this a Netflix original? It's a Netflix yeah. original okay. brought to us by the Weinstein Company out of from the BBC, 
and it's the story of the post-World War I family of brothers trying to come up in the world as gangsters in Birmingham, England, and their battle to begin. And there, this is based on a real, a real gang. They used to put razor blades in their uh, paperboy hats, and they're called oh, Peaky Blinders, yeah. so they would get in a fight and they would slash people across the eyes oh, with God. these blades. That's where the name comes from. Damn. But this, the the writing, the acting, I've never seen M- Murphy this good. Sam Neill is at his best. Mm. Tom pe- Hardy co- shows up in season two and just rocks. He lifts, the, he elevates everybody's acting. Is this getting talked about? Is it getting promoted? I, I mean, no, literally the only reason I even know the name is because <clears throat> when I, when I, you know, turn on my Netflix, mm-hmm. they're promoting it at the top. And that's the extent of the promotion mm-hmm. that I've seen. That's the extent of most of their promotion. It's one of those shows <laughs> that I'm coming to the I'm coming to the very firm conclusion that if a, if a Netflix has an original series on there, you probably need to watch it. Yeah, I'll it agree with you there. might be one of the best shows you're going to watch. What about it? that one with the cartoon horse? Was that oh, any good? Oh, Jack Horseman. I tried to watch the first one, and I, I didn't. I just didn't get it. I still don't know what you. I don't know what you're talking about there either. Bojack yeah. Horseman is an animated cartoon with Will Arnett as the voice of a half horse, half human, and he used to be a TV star and a sitcom in the '80s, <laughs> right, James? And now he's making a comeback I, or something. Okay, I might Somebody amend needs... my statement about the best show. <laughs> right. you might see. And uh, Aaron Paul got... is his manager or something. And but again, in the finale, someone has a razor blade in their hat and they right. take care of him. Oh, yes. All I know is once again, it's an animated series that A, I didn't read for, and B, I didn't book. So, okay. I, you know, <laughs> well, that's how you relate to it. you're consistent. Yes. I'm just, it's a fantastic show. The Peaky fucking right. blinders. Oh, man. It sounds now. amazing. I'm on it's it. amazing. The, it's just the period, it's a period piece. Even though the, uh, all the women are strong characters, I mean they're dangerous and they're intense. There's yeah, like there's that. no room for rest in it, but it's they use this great fusion kind of rock soundtrack oh, that wow. contrasts with it. All right, I'm going to try. Is it likenable to Boardwalk Empire or not? In the same vein. All right. In the all same right. vein. I'm in then. Yeah, me too. Out. Me yeah. too. Uh, do, does it come with subtitles in case they're talking all Cockney and stuff? <laughs> um, it, you do have to watch it. You might have to rewind it a couple of times to understand <laughs> what they're saying. Because some of them got some real thick accents. I re- when we watched, you know, the the series Grace Point is on right now is based on... Uh, Broadchurch. Broadchurch, a British mm-hmm. series. Mm-hmm. And David Tennant is just is very Scottish in that damn thing. And I, Charlotte and I, about like every episode, we'd go... We'd have to go over plot points with each other because we just got tired of rewinding and trying. And it, and it really got to the point where if we could get fifty percent of the dialogue and still follow the story, we were happy. Well, right. that's when you put the, the captions up. Do you use yeah. subtitles? Yeah. yeah. Or just go to Wikipedia and get caught up on what really happened. <laughs> I put on uh, captions when I watch Duck Dynasty because I have no mm-hmm. idea what they're saying. Do you? Right. Hey, Mikey, did you have something you wanted to uh, wax poetic about? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, uh, obviously, we did talk about Star Wars, but you mentioned just in passing the thing that I'm really excited about this week, and that's Bond, Spectre. Are you? I am ecstatic. I'm, Spectre is back finally because it's been gone since Never Say Never Again. Spectre is mm-hmm. the, the special, yeah. The special protectorate for uh, extortion, counterterrorism, revenge... And revenge, I think, or something and like that. Revenge and revenge? Revenge and extortion. I'm sorry. Special so it's an alphabet Counterterrorism, revenge and extortion. <laughs> it is James Bond's uh, ultimate uh, nemesis organization. Mm-hmm. It is the uh, chaos to his Maxwell Smart, to put it in Rob Eisenberg terms. What? Uh, <laughs> that makes sense to me. Uh, am I wrong? That's perfect. Okay. And... Because of rights issues, or control, he's yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, well, no, no, yeah, chaos, no, no, to, it's chaos to, to, to yes, his, yeah. yeah, that's right. Um, 
But because of Wright's... Uh, Schmersch. Wasn't there a Schmersch? Schmersch predates Spectre, oh, but okay. I mean... I mean, you, of course, you already knew that. Um, we all did. We well, all did, given, Yeah. Um, but again, because of rights issues, uh, they haven't been able to use the the term or the name Spectre or the, uh, ever since Never Say Never Again, which doesn't even fall in the traditional Bond canon because it, it was produced outside of the... Um, of of the main, by by outside producers when mm-hmm. it came out. So the fact that another Bond film was coming out anyway, again directed by help me, Larry. Alan Ball. No. Nope. Uh, uh, what's his? Oh, what's his name? Sam Mendes. Yeah, that's yeah, it. That's oh. it. <laughs> so you were way off. Um, <laughs> no, Sam Mendes and Alan Ball didn't they collaborate American on Beauty? Yes. Yeah. But uh, so thank Brooks you, James. James with yeah. the so you've got you've got pearls. another Bond wow. movie fo- by Sam Mendes following Skyfall, which was a great yeah. Bond yeah. film. Excellent, yeah. excellent. And and Spectre is back, and with Christoph Waltz, possibly, oh, probably playing shit. Blofeld. Really? Yes. Well, he's Done. not. He's I'm not. In. He's not listed as a as the character Blofeld. I believe is is Oppenhauser or something yeah, like that. Yeah. But much like we didn't really, we kind of suspected that uh, Con Benedict Cumberbatch was going to be Con in Star Trek Two. Yeah. Kind of feeling Christoph Waltz will be Blofeld. So how can that do anything but kick? Yes, that's yeah. great. I had to change so his name though, because nobody Blofeld is not going to fly in the modern world. No, 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 no. you're right. <laughs> you're right. They got up. <laughs> Just bring. You know what? If you crossed uh, Blofeld with Odd Job, you'd get Blowjob. They should do that. Hey, now hold on. Hey, that that's the next Austin Powers. Movie, Apropos of nothing though, Tom Hardy, Locke. See the movie if you have not. Yes, one man oh, show. Amazing. He's in the car the entire yes. time. Yep. Fantastic. I, I as much as I have, I enjoy arty stuff like that, and I'll take <clears throat> chances like that. It's I've had much trouble wrapping my head around. Am I going to sit and watch this guy in a car? And I, but, it's amazing. All right, wow. it's Tom Hardy, dude. Lock. I know he's. he's, 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 he's that. He yeah, puts it, on a clinic every time. It's he's on just him on the phone the whole time, basically, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Interesting. interesting. All right. Well, if, if you want to talk about a, an independent movie that that's out, that's very interesting. If, if I may. Uh, yeah, I was gonna. Yes, but I was gonna throw in mine too, which go, is. Go, go, Larry, um, go, go, go. You're the uh, host. What am I doing? No, no, no. Because I, I do. We're gonna, you're gonna talk about Whiplash, correct? Yes, but, but you go ahead. Um, I bought into the hype, and because I've been kind of a podcasty guy lately, because here I am doing one. Uh, I heard enough about the uh, This American Life spinoff called Serial that is getting a ton of buzz that I had to download it. And I've been when I've been driving, I've been listening to it. It is phenomenal. I'm completely addicted. It is exactly what people say it is. And in this day and age when it's basically just one person talking for an hour with, admittedly, other audio clips and stuff. But it's basically a storytelling. It's just old-fashioned storytelling. Yeah, I'm hooked as well. It's great. Yeah. And what's the title Am again? I right? It's called Serial. Serial. And it's uh, essentially it's one case, one actual case that someone has been uh, working on and following. And kind of, it, it's an old murder case, basically. This young man, he was 18, was a uh, non? He was, I think he was 17 at the 17, time. 17, yeah. 8, yeah. And then and turned 18 during his trial. Um he was accused of uh, murdering his former girlfriend who had mm-hmm. jilted him. Um, the, there's all sorts of hinky details in the prosecution. He's Pakistani. That only kind of mildly has something to do with it. He had his, the guy that, that sold weed to him and was kind of a distant friend basically turned evidence on him and got a deal. He, this guy, Jay, this kind of skeevy guy, Jay, helped him bury the body, admitted to that, and then but told him that, that he had admitted to him that this guy Anon had done it, uh, but so many things in the trial that point to he sh- he got a sh- he got a shitty uh, defense. Okay, uh, he has been in jail for fifteen years now. Mm-hmm. All right, and um, and because you can follow what's going on with him in real life, you know that he is still in jail. They haven't quote solved 
the the murder or or anything, but they seem to be opening some doors. And yeah. every week on Thursday, a new episode comes out. They've been working on this for a while. She's been following the case for a year and digging and digging and digging. And so they have a combination of here's kind of the next step. Here's a profile of somebody involved in the case. They did one whole episode just on the guy who discovered the body out in Leakin Park. This is in the Baltimore area. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just the it's just creating it's characters, you know. It's real, but this is all real life, which makes it that much more compelling. And it's just really good storytelling. There's an incredible episode, my favorite so far, where they talk to a defense attorney who is known for getting innocent people off. And she says that the trouble with innocent people is that they don't know how to get themselves off the charges. You'd think they'd fight for their right. cause, you know? Right. And she gave this great example of how she was sitting with one of her clients, and she said, um, so here's the map. Uh, can you walk me through where you were at the crime scene? Right. And he said, I don't know where the crime scene is. Right, right. Because, <laughs> and she went, oh, yeah, because yeah, he's innocent. he never went there. Yeah, that's what she was mm. saying, is that, and because one of the frustrations of the woman, the producer of this, Sarah Kroger, Ko- Koenig, Sarah Koenig, She's the one telling the story. She, her, the biggest frustra- frustration for her is that she can't get him, and she talks to him like every day. The whole episodes, each episode starts with that collect call recording you get from prisons. This is a call from so and so correctional. It's this really compelling way to start every episode, and there's a, usually a snippet of conversation between the two of them that she's been allowed to record, and. Her biggest frustration is that he just can't remember his whereabouts on that day, the details of it. And the same woman James is talking about says that's because if he if he's innocent and you're saying he's innocent, it's because it wasn't that big a deal to him mm-hmm. because he didn't go murder somebody. Right. So he doesn't think of that as a memorable day. The memorable day is when days later they find out the woman was dead. And, and weeks after that, when they came to arrest him, he's going to remember the details of those days. Right. But that day he... He saw the woman in passing. He went to track. He, you know, said hello to a few random people. It was just an ordinary day like any other. So yeah, it, that's fascinating stuff. It's really, really good. Wow. What, yeah. cha- what network? Where's, where can you find it? Uh, it's uh, I I downloaded it from iTunes. Okay. It, I believe it's on NPR. Serialpodcast.org. There you go. Thank you. And they're coming oh, back. Check that out. And it's become so popular they actually put out the typical NPR, you know, we need money to do a second That's season right. and they raised it in like 24 hours. That's fantastic. And they're coming back for a second. It's it's definitely worth the investment. Um, Whiplash. Yes. That, interesting movie. This has been kind of hovering on the outskirts of independent film, getting good notices and Miles Teller, the young actor and one of my favorite guys in movies or TV anywhere. What's his name? J.K. Simmons. That's him. J.K. Simmons. Right. He's the farmer's insurance professor in those yes. commercials. You know, we are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. And the dad in Juno, one of my favorite roles and of anyone. And Jonah Jameson from the, to- the uh, Tobey Maguire and Spider-Man movie. Absolutely. Everything. Yeah, everything but frightening Oz. in The Wire as yes. Vern Schillinger. Oh, I haven't Oz. seen that season yet. He was in Oz. Oh, I'm sorry, Oz, not the no, wire. I'm with you. Oz, I got your back. Oz, thank Oz. you. Oz, Oz. Terrifying. Right. terrifying in Oz. Oh, wow. Yeah. But this is a character actor who has literally been one of those guys who has been in episodic television, has been in movies. He's, he's been around forever. And he can kind of do everything. And yeah. he's always looked the same. He's never aged. He always has looked like a Sharpay. And, <laughs> and, and finally, Not a Sharpie. You mean and, a Sharpay. I mean, this is an Oscar. Not the marker. This is what? A, he does uh, look like a Sharpay. No, not a Sharpie. A Sharpay. He is indelible, however. He, whoa! <laughs> 
I don't think I need to talk anymore. The that's new it. guy that's knocks it. one out of the park. That's it. But I, 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 lo- I really love this movie uh, because, first of all, the kid, Miles Teller, he's playing this 19-year-old freshman at a prestigious music academy, like the Berkeley School of Music or something like that. And he wants to be the, the greatest drummer of his generation. He wants to be the next Buddy Rich. Which it's, is, a, it's a jazz ensemble he's in, right? Right, exactly. And Buddy Rich was a legendary drummer from the 50s, 60s, 70s, whatever. But that's his idol. And he, and he gets into this, uh, this ensemble where you have to be the best of the best. And the teacher is J.K. Simmons, who is just bordering on the hint of psychotic behavior in the way that he pushes his students just insults and physical abuse and did i mention insults <laughs> is it the kind of push them to to make them as good as they can be kind of thing is that the, the angle on it like you have to be more like mold them in him is in his in, in his image yes but it's actually breaking their spirit in a way oh wow he's trying he's the teacher is trying to find the next charlie parker and that's so they need to suffer before they can be true jazz musicians, Extremely. probably. One of those. Is and, that the deal? Yeah, yeah. Yes. And or, he, or is he just trying to really wean out the weak ones to find the one that is that true, all true of piece of gold? Above. Yeah. All wow. of the above. All of the above. Now, that but sounds perfect for him. The, he, he's I incredible. Mean, and and there was some, there's some amazing cinematography in this because his head, J.K. Simmons' head, is this just bright, white, bald pale thing of creases and wrinkles and he has very bright I think blue eyes and there's some scenes where he's yelling at the kid who's playing trying to play the drums on this song uh, this this famous song called Caravan from the 40s oh, yeah. and the way they shoot it is that you only see J.K. Simmons's head coming into frame from about neck forward and the background is black it's the back of the, the studio so he his head just pops off the screen as he's screaming obscenities and racial slurs and slapping the kid because the kid can't play the double time swing that he wants and he's and it was it's a really intense uh, wow. movie this is like the first half of full metal jacket in jazz school right. it sounds like <laughs> and, you know, That's right. school of rock meets yes. born to drum full but metal in, school of rock incredibly acted there has to be some oscar nominations out of this thing now does miles teller look like he's a drummer does he pull oh, that yeah. off he's he great. is a drummer he's great oh he is he is an actual you drummer saw it? james you saw it i did i loved it oh great yeah oh, good. no he is a drummer he actually i think he is a musician then he learned the the, uh, the the fills and the Buddy Rich stuff and all that. This um, looks like something I would love. I yeah. I, I want to see this. And it's yeah. edited, I'm it tomorrow night. And it's edited oh, cool. to the music very well. And oddly enough, J.J. Abrams is rebooting it next week. What? <laughs> it's amazing. With extra <laughs> lens flare. The trailers are coming out. Disney bought it already. It's I, incredible. I, right. So I do highly recommend Whiplash. It is amazing. If, if anyone out there had been in a band in high school or college, it will bring back memories of tyrannical band directors uh, but just also, <laughs> I had one of those. It's, yeah. it's just an amazing story of a kid who wants to be the best, but just runs up against this this force of nature in, in in the band teacher who is more than anybody should ever have to deal with. And Miles Teller's previous film, The Spectacular Now, also a great one to check out. Uh, that's really one of those good. YA things, which I did not mm-hmm. see, but I heard that he is, he is incredible. And the first, his debut was, I believe, Rabbit Hole, which I don't know if, the, if anybody saw yeah. that. That was based on a Broadway play that was oh, very, it yeah, was... Um, too disturbing for me, thank it you. It was uh, uh, Nicole Kidman. Yeah. And, and Daniel... Uh, no, 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 oh, uh, from uh, Aaron Eckhart. Aaron Eckhart, yeah. Yeah, and 
the play is excellent. It's the fantastic. The play is amazing. And the movie, I thought, did a nice job. It's a, it's a very... Sad. It's a really sad story. Sad uh, but, but, but that was the first thing he had ever done, and he was amazing. Yeah, it's it was really a very good. small little movie. Um, and then Big Hero 6, just very quickly. Oh, did see it. Yeah. Fun. Very emotional, as, as you had said in a previous Snark Monkey uh, podcast. But just bright and colorful and funny and Isn't it every either. like ten year old boy's wet dream? I mean, basically, yeah. yeah. But, but there were a big adults. Balloon f- man friend robot. Yes, exactly. Okay. That was yeah. not my wet dream. At <laughs> yeah. 10. It's not what I yeah. got off. Mine on. involved Christy McNichol and oddly enough a big robot. But um, no, there were adults in the theater who were laughing like crazy. Of course. And, uh, it, it, oh that, sure, that was a Pixar, great, right? Actually, it's Disney. Disney. It's not Pixar. Yeah, it's, it's like a Disney Marvel kind of okay. conjunction. But it was great. So, I highly recommend. Here's it. a little sidetrack we could get on: is that damning with faint praise reviews that you get from people, right? So Rob's first word was fun, <laughs> and you're like, that probably sucked, right? <laughs> no, it was really fun. It was. I meant it. Well, it's funny because I, I was actually just before I came here, I was listening to a different podcast, a Nerdist podcast with Joe Latrulio, who's mm-hmm. uh, on Brooklyn Nine Nine and was in the state, and I think he's very funny. Yep. And he actually talked about how he and some friends got together. I guess he had a screener of Whiplash that they watched, and he didn't. He thought it was. He thought they they were great, but he didn't like the movie that much and but he immediately followed he said it was it was okay it was all right but then he stopped and he said but you know what it's so hard to make a movie these days i always feel bad about all these people who give these kind of you know quick to judge reviews Mm -hmm. it's really fucking hard to make a movie so just give them credit that they got a movie out and it's in theaters i mean it was kind of this weird kind of like not in like that much but good for them they got it out and and you know and that it's true see what happens 50 shades of gray Mm-hmm. See if he's still saying that. <laughs> Fifty Shades of Grey. Is that uh, thing ever coming out? I don't know. I don't know. I just, think it's, I just think it's great that Jennifer Grey is working again. I just think it's fantastic. Oh boy, oh boy. Jennifer Grey's in it? Yes. It's just basically they put different colored light gels on her. Interesting. Interesting. I heard she was just looking at paint swatches. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what they say. Nobody, Nobody puts baby in the closet. Yeah! Oh! corner. Jason. <laughs> I said closet, so you can go ahead and No, but that's it. great for Fifty Shades of Grey. Of course she would be in the closet, <laughs> probably chained up somewhere. Chained up with fur and feathers and <laughs> Okay, all right. Clips. We're done. Yeah. Um, Spoiler alert. Hey, anybody watching Sons of Anarchy? Because mm. it, it's in its seventh season. That is one of those shows, and I think this is an FX thing. Where you suddenly look up and you go, oh, The Shield? Really? That's been around for... Or uh, Rescue Me? Really? Going into its whatever season? And this is season seven for Sons of Anarchy. And nobody I know talked about it for the first four or five years. And then suddenly my niece and her boyfriend are like, oh my God, Sons of SOA is on tonight. And the, the woman I work with at, at my radio station at night, she's obsessed with it. She gets, we get off at midnight. She drives two hours to Corona yeah. and stays up on Tuesday night and because she can't not watch the next episode. Admittedly, it's in its final season, so it's getting more of a buzz. Yeah. Everybody apparently is dying. Uh, I have no spoiler alerts because I don't know any of the characters. Is anybody watching this damn thing? I watched this past episode. It's not, I mean, it's not my show. Have you I, watched the whole thing? No, I no? haven't. I've seen a couple episodes, um, but it's just, it's 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 a hard, it's a tough show to get into, but once you do get into it, this is what I've been told, once you get into it, you're locked. Yeah. Now, I've watched the first four episodes, and it's true, it's very difficult to get into. In what way? It's just, it. They they tell stories 
based off of the old model of slower pacing and allowing the plot and yeah. the character development to kind of breathe. And they have some exciting incidents, and, you know, it's violent, but there's so many different people in this world. And the biker world is foreign to us. For for most people, it's foreign. So you're not like, not okay, me, what is baby, this? Not what me, baby, not me. Not me either. That's I ride, where I grew up. Yeah. It's, it's a tough show to get in. Yeah, you and your old lady go out on the on hog the, every weekend. On the mongoose. This the is why I, I, I can't weigh in because it mis- misrepresents my community. <laughs> <laughs> if only we had a visual for our listeners at that point. But Please describe what James looks like. No, no, no. <laughs> just think badass, everybody, okay? Total badass. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. I'm this gentleman up. just met me. Yeah. Terrified. I know. That's why he inched away from you. Yeah. The moment you walked the in the door. Far side of the table. You are the essence of danger. Yes. You <laughs> are. Wearing a baseball cap with razor blades in yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, uh, you're but, no help to me. I just, no, I, for sorry. some reason, I'm hearing more buzz on SOA than. I have in a long time. Me too, and it's it's very high on my binge list. And I know it's going to be one of those that once I get in, once I start watching it, I'm going to go yeah. shuttle straight through it without yeah. a break at all, or mm. bathing yeah. or shaving or anything like that. Um, <laughs> well, I, I was the same way with Battlestar Galactica. Oh yeah, exactly. I Battle didn't Star watch Galactica? it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow, I didn't watch really? it when it first came out. Um, I remembered the series when I was a kid. Sure. I didn't really watch that either because I was a um, Buck Rogers fan. Um, oh no! And, oh, I was Jill a Buck Gerard, Rogers guy. Ladies and oh yeah, no. I used to watch and Buck Aaron Rogers. Gray. And, and Aaron Gray. Because of, of Aaron Gray. Those twins. Twin those Star. twins were hot. The twins were hot. Twins were and hot. the name of the robot? Tweaky. Voiced by Mel Blanc. Was Mel Blanc's last role? Buck. And I was like, you don't, you don't get to pull that out too often, do you? No, I no. don't. I've been waiting to pull that one out for a while. And a Gil Gerard was married to... Uh, Not Connie Sulaka. Mrs. Sulica, Gerard. That's no, John Con- Tesh. John Tesh is married to Connie Sulaka. Gil Gerard, Gil Gerard was married to... Uh, it was somebody like famous. Was it Veronica Hamill? Hot. Ooh, Veronica. On this podcast, the dead air means we're looking we're something up. We're IMDb. <laughs> Connie Sulaka? <laughs> I thought he was married I to Connie Selica, Connie and then she Selica got divorced from him and married, married John, John Tesh. Tesh. Maybe he was married. He yeah, it was Connie Selica. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Oh no, she dumped him. The, he started to get puffy and weird. Yeah, and he fattened up. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Gil and, Gerard, and live at Red Rocks. Now she's she married to a guy whose head is literally seven feet long, and his hair is even longer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. John Tesh, really? John Tesh. His wife, his comb over is longer. Ah, uh, yeah, it's pretty bad. But it's okay. Maybe ain't nothing wrong with a comb over. <laughs> if I could grow one, I would, but I can't. Hey, he's got more money than all of us, so God bless him. Yes, he's doing all right. But to your point, watching shows on binge, binge watching is the thing now. And you go back and you start watching. And Battlestar was that show for me. I caught the first episode and went, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. Br- brilliant. Huh? Brilliant it, show. It's one of the best pilots I think I've ever through. seen. Yeah, you immediately great. get it. It's yeah. like, okay, I see I'm what in. they're going to do. There's mm-hmm. this whole kind of political class system thing built i mean it was it was that, fantastic it was and there's a speech that uh i remember this very yeah. distinctly there's some big speech that edward james almost gives toward i think toward the end of the episode mm-hmm. that's really great writing yeah. i was like it's i was fantastic. same yeah. thing my wife and i went so okay yeah i'm in we're done yeah so say we all it was a disappointing finale to me yeah agreed but but so. th- but those are hard to do those are, are really tough when you it was, know it was it was satisfying, but it wasn't exciting. Yeah. It, yeah, wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't memorable. You know what? It it's so it. hard to do a season finale these days. <laughs> Let's just be glad they did it. 
Is, is that the one where they had the toilet paper that spelled out goodbye as the helicopter kind of lifted off? That's exactly yes. it. Oh. And, no, yes. as the... As the <laughs> As the battleship, as the uh, battle star pulled away, and they looked down. No, and actually, it was the one where Edward James almost wakes up, and he's in bed with, um, with the wife from uh, the Bob Newhart show. No, 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 just... no, no. It's the one <laughs> where the entire crew gets thrown in jail because of the way they treated. No, the no, no. It's the, it's the one where it's an uh, Edward James almost is holding a snow globe, and it all happened in his imagination. No, it's the one where they all huddle together and they kind of uh, inch out the oh, door. All... No, I don't think that's it either. I think it's uh, I've run. Oh, wait, out it of just time. ended up. It, wait, it, no, that's the one that just went to black, right, oh, in the middle of the song. No, 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 no. It's the one where they determined that just one of the characters, Edward James, almost is sitting there waiting to die and he had, the whole thing was part of his you know passage to heaven and he meets everybody in the battle star there oh yeah, yeah. you're right that is it is that one no wait, no it's the one where the table where the little turn top little top just spins and spins, yes. and, spins. Yes. spins. Yeah. No, it was the one and then wobbles and, and then Emma James almost wakes is in the shower and it turns out it's all a dream yeah. <laughs> oh. could have been that one too yeah. it was yeah. all a dream mm-hmm. it's a good show Biggie. oh wait no it was earth all along Oh. oh! I win! Yes, I win! win. Yes! Mike Ambers. He blew it up! <laughs> you Very maniac. <laughs> <sighs> that was good. I had a question. Yeah. Yes. With Patrick Swayze now gone, could they reboot <laughs> Ghost and have him come back? <laughs> Ooh. Are we are we close wow. to the end? Because that I hurt. want that I hurt. want that to be the last thing of this show we're close enough to the end to well, wrap they things did, up they did the computer generated nancy marchand on the sopranos after Same. she died mm. they could so. do it but you know what demi <gasps> moore is too yes, old indeed. now so they, demi moore is too old so they'd have She's to still they'd have to woman. but they'd have to put in like someone who's much 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 younger because that's how it always works it's always no they could just cg in they could they CGI. could cg her in yeah. or they could cg out the background from when they first shot it like they did in the terminator trailer right because that's Arnold is not his. Have you yet. seen it? No, not it's yet. It's Arnold when he was big. Arnold mm-hmm. is in this trailer. Right. Oh, really? And the the plot is old Arnold, current Arnold goes back and is now fighting himself <sighs> as young Arnold. You as know young what? Arnold. Not Never mind. To, and it's all over the place. But all they did was they took old images from the original Terminator and just plopped it into this. Ew. And when does he bang the maid? I don't know. I think <laughs> ghost at the ghost could work though because pottery throwing has not changed at all. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, still as hot not, as ever. The same technology yeah. has not evolved. There's no app for it. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> There's no app for it. So what else fun. did I put in my email that we should talk about? Or Christmas. should we? Christmas. Christmas. Oh, God. Christmas. The Darius Rucker thing. All right, well, let's, we got to go back. To all right. Let's rant first, and then let's end on a high note with the holidays straight ahead. So what are we ready to rant about? Oh, I got to rant. All right. Go for rant. it. Mikey Amber's Blind Reviews. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, this is a scene review because this is a movie I actually saw. Um, that. <laughs> so you don't have to. I did you a favor here. Into the Woods. Oh, Not dang. good Really? Yeah. Oh. Um, because you, you saw it. Already? I did see. Yeah, I've okay. seen. It. I saw. It, I saw it a few weeks back. Uh, I, I can say that there are some parts that are quite good. There's, I think, two or three very good numbers, very well directed, and Chris Pine steals every scene he's in. Oh wow! He's every great. he's great. Every he, scene he's in, he steals. He's Captain Kirk, you know. Yeah. Yes, and dreamy. Quite, quite the dreamy one. That's your film. Oh uh, yeah. Somebody more obviously what about more important Mer- than this. What about Miss Streep? Um, she's fine, but the problem is, is the film. It's too long. The last half hour is excruciatingly mm-hmm. long, yeah. and it just kills any momentum that that the movie had building up. 
Uh, Johnny Depp is sort of a non-entity in the film. Uh, he's there, but then he's gone. It's fine. I, mm. I, I never saw the play, so I don't know how well it, it worked on Broadway or on, on stage. Uh, but as a movie... Interesting. Wow. Is Johnny Depp wearing a strange costume, and does he have an odd accent? Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, you asked a two-part question. Let me answer the second part first. Yes and yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> because I can tie into that, because uh, there's a poster, and I saw this at the, uh, the, uh, the Promenade in Woodland Hills. There is some new movie with Johnny Depp coming out, and I think it's called Murgatroyd or some oh, one-name no, right. word. And right. it looks Murgatroyd. like he's... I think That's so. That's not it. It's not it. No. Or he, but he, but he's he's like a British dandy, and he look, I think he's wearing a top hat, and he's got like the the gap in the teeth. Yeah, it the, looks almost like a Wes Anderson style uh, movie. Yeah, and the weird kind of uh, curly mustache. Mordecai. That, Mordecai. Oh, that Mordecai. that an old British comedian <clears throat> named Terry Thomas. If you got to look that one up, <clears throat> kids, don't even ask me why I know who that is. But it just it just screams the poster, and he's got this weird face, and you know he's going to do an accent, and it just screams this is another Johnny Depp movie where he's in a costume and he's got a weird accent that I'm not going to see. Yeah, and and every accent he does always sort tends to be, with the exception of of the Pirates movies, but everything everything else any accent is is oddly pan European. They're they're very right. non distinct. Yeah, even Tonto to, sounded that way. Yeah. yeah, but remember when he used to play normal people? Like in Finding Neverland, I mean, yeah, that was an accent, but he played an author. Ever since then, it's Indians and pirates and and weird because that's guys where he's and, making his money. But I, yes. not in the Lone Ranger. Well, he made money. Maybe I mean, if no, his he gets pan paid. European accents oh. were panned by Europeans, then yeah, we'd get somewhere. Oh. Yes. If they'd only put him in Peter Pan. Well, maybe mm-hmm. if they started casting some Americans in some of these big films, mm-hmm. then we wouldn't be able to sit there and pan all of them mm-hmm. the way we're panning them. Mm-hmm. Or in Panem, which is the country in the Hunger Games. Yes. All right, so uh, anybody Sorry. else got a rant? James, I just had my mic James, rant. you have stuff. That, you know, Star Wars uh, is bothering you. Uh, I, w- I just want to look ahead a little bit to the um, upcoming releases um, we've gone through this before, uh, Exodus, Gods, and Kings, which you, I, is just going to be... E-X-I-T-U-S. I know how it ends. Exodus. I, yes. <laughs> what? Exit- what? No. J.K. what? Nope. Come on, man. Nope, I'm not I'm gonna, come, on, come on, I'm pick not on Moses. Come I'm in. On. I'm in. Everything's coming up, Moses. I'm in. I've got real big issues with that film. Well, okay. Culturally, i got issues with that film. Oh, well, bring and it. And the way casting is done for films like that. Oh, really getting on I my think last I know nerve. where you're going. Yeah, I, yeah, you obviously, know, we know Christian monkey. Bale isn't Jewish, but I think he can play it. <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, he's that, that good of an actor. I'm not sure that's the complaint. What? There's something else? S- Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> what does she play? I, she plays she like play? Moses' mama. She can go Jewish. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, was Barbara Streisand busy? Lainey uh, Kazan, I think, was first choice. Oh, you know, it's, an, it's, it's not Moore. the popular position, but I do have issues with with films that almost ex- that are based in this ancient history, of right, ours, right, and exclusively just whitewash it. It really mm. is yeah. fucking frustrating. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's been a tradition that goes back to classic Hollywood. Yeah, I, and, and I, it is what it is. So I don't. It, it's not something that's new that bugs me to the extent where I'm going. Ah, we should have it's, but it's. It does get old. Well, yeah, and, and it's also, I mean, throw into that this kind of superherofication of these biblical stories. Yeah. Noah kicking ass before he brings on right. the animals. Right. Uh, now it's, you know, Moses is this hard-ass superhero. And throw that element in, too, where it's just a bunch of white faces mm-hmm. in, in a land that we know had 
uh, which is distinctly a, a, more ethnic. It just is brown. You know. is, is beige and browner than the way it's portrayed. Well, that's that a lot of what Chris Rock that's wrote in that big essay that was in Variety, or was it yeah. Hollywood Reporter? But if you read that essay that Chris Rock wrote, it's all about what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. And you should find that essay and Don't read it. Up. Because it is really... It's brilliant. A brilliant essay, it and it took a lot of guts yeah. to write it. Chris is smart. Too. He's a really smart oh, guy. Oh, no. Smartest guy in the world. Yeah. Uh, I, I, if he ran for president, I'd vote for Chris Rock. Right. And speaking of which, does anybody want to see his damn movie? <laughs> nah, you know, I'm... No. 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 <laughs> All right. Well, okay. We'll, we'll make him president, but we're not going to see his movie. But it's probably... Not enough white people. You know, we, let's give our hand to I'm him sorry? for making what the was film that, Rob? and I, getting it in What theaters. was that? I was just saying that I really hope I get a light bright for, no, for Hanukkah. No, that's people. not what you said. But you're right, Jason. At least he got a movie made. It's so hard, so hard to make, to make a make movie so these days about a guy who used to be a bear. <laughs> You gotta give him credit for doing it. Props to Rock. At uh, least it's not the new trend of case-based filmmaking that is. A guy What's who that? used to be a bear. Case-based film. That was just a little like. Uh, okay, yeah, I missed it. Never, never mind. All I'm right. younger than everybody in here, so. <laughs> All right. So, so here, what tradition? But not by Christmas tradition or holiday tradition movie, and we've got uh, a, a Jewish contingent in here this week, and I'm wondering, from your standpoint, gentlemen. What, are there holiday tradition movies that you kind of gather around with the family and watch? I'm curious about that. Is movie or TV special? Oh, what did I say? You I, said movies. Okay. No, I said... But either one. I can't remember that? what I said. You no, said I said the, TV. You said TV. I did say TV special. Because for me, it's it has been and always will be the Charlie Brown Absolutely. Christmas Absolutely. one. Sure, why not? Yeah. It's, Absolutely. It's just so sweet and gentle, and I think there's an element of... And this is about a lot of art that I like. There's a, a melancholy to it. That's kind of attractive. It's not yeah. all smiley bubbly. I was watching the Thanksgiving one with with my wife a couple of weeks ago with Charla, and um, and I realized I posted something about this. But Charlie Brown, really, if Lucy had actually been practicing psychiatry, she would have prescribed him some some Zoloft <laughs> and and put him on suicide watch. It's yeah. like. Absolutely. I, the, you know, it's like the holidays just make me depressed. It's like you're you're a like eight year old kid, <laughs> yeah. really, and every holiday he's bummed out about something. But anyway, there is this kind of melancholy aspect to it that this bittersweet thing that I tend to to gravitate mm -hmm. to. And Vince Guaraldi trio's music yeah. mm -hmm. is amazing. And I read something this week where they said this, you know, typical studio, the TV executives were like, I don't think that's going to work. I, nobody, we don't think this whole thing's going to work. There's just a sweetness and a gentleness to it. And, and even their commentary, which is still very valid on commercialization. Mm -hmm. I just yeah, love that one. I have such a great feeling at the end of that. And, and I'm not particularly religious, really. But Linus's speech that is straight out of the Bible mm -hmm. is this really warm, loving moment. Yeah, I just, I just I, I, It kills me every time. That movie, the movie looks like, like it's going to okay. be good, too. Because they're doing a, a they're doing a new peanuts movie, mm -hmm. and it looks good. It yeah. looks really good. I think we're all on board with the Charlie Brown Absolutely. Christmas. Absolutely. But yeah. I'd like to toss one yeah. out because you you had asked us to think about this. Yes. A possibly, if it can happen, cult modern classic, the extras Christmas special, Ricky Gervais. Uh, yes. <sighs> it's a really excellent episode, and the way he just nails the disease that we know of as reality TV. Is, is that the that, one where it's like the Big Brother one? Yes. It's, okay. It's really, really good. The speech good. at the end. Yes. The speech so, at the mm. end is Might great. be just a little, you know, sort of undercurrent. Charlie Brown is never going to 
Right. Never yeah. And I agree with you. Topic. I actually I came really, really, really late to Ricky Gervais's The Office series, and they did. They came back for like two reunion things. One of them being a Christmas special, and that one, that was which a good one. also has this hint of darkness to it. But but still, he has always been managed to kind of kind of cross that uh, straddle that line between just the absurd and the awkward and then have this element of sweetness that just kind of comes out at the very end that 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 works perfectly i love what he does there that's good thanks Uh, napoli i'm also i am a fan just for in the same way i'm a fan of the uh the charlie brown christmas is a lot of the rankin bass ones as well you know year without santa claus and with the exception Of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. You're not a Rudolph fan. Santa is a dick. (laughs) Santa, for for the three quarters of that entire... He's bullying poor Rudolph. He's putting him down and doesn't come on to Rudolph's side until he realizes Rudolph can provide a service for him. Yes. Santa is an asshole in that show. Rudolph, get your little red-nosed ass over here. (laughs) Light my sleigh, bitch. So Red Fox was the voice of Santa? (laughs) Oh, my God. If we could recast that, that would be amazing. But this logic is built within the song itself. So I think the adaptation has to be, you know, at least it's being faithful to that song. You're no good unless you can do something. Very true. Is that the the Fred Astaire one, The Year Without a Santa Claus? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because there, there was one with Mickey Rooney. Was was that the Fred Astaire one too? Uh, Mickey Rooney. Uh, no, well, see, Jimmy Durante did the Frosty, Frosty the Snowman, and that's that's animated. Which one's the one where you, you put one foot in front of the other? Uh, Which one was that? Oh gosh, I don't it remember was, that. It was one of the Island of Misfit Toys one. What is it? Yeah, no, that's, 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 that's Rudolph. That's Rudolph. Because there was one with, where Fred Astaire was the narrator. But I wonder if that was the year without a Santa I think Claus. it is. I think it is. But Mickey, Fred Astaire and Jimmy Durante. There goes our 18 to 25. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> But, but, James Napoli, I will tell you this right now. There is a commercial on TV right now where they're using Jimmy Durante singing, Make Someone Happy. So he never goes away. <clears throat> yeah, he's great. Nobody knows who he is anymore. Santa <laughs> Claus is coming to town. That's yeah. it. Okay. Uh, That's it. Yes. And it was a great song. So but that was the Fred Astaire. That's one. the Fred Astaire one. But there, yes. so the, but there was another. What was the year without a Santa Claus? That was Heat Miser. I'm Mr. Heat Miser. Yeah, I'm Mr. Yeah. Sun. So that was a sequel. Yes. Uh, yeah, I think it was a sequel. Wow, I don't. You know, there's so many of them. I don't know if I remember. Yeah. But we can all agree that in Rudolph, Santa's a dick, right? Yeah, he was. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, we're good. with you on that. Very good pull. My, on my, Mickey Rooney was in a year without the okay. year without Santa Claus, yeah. and uh, Dick I, Sean. You're, you're, oh God, yeah. you're, you're you're bringing back a memory. Uh, a good a voiceover friend of ours named Wally Wingert, who is you know on Family Guy and a billion other shows, used to rent out the silent movie theater. On Fairfax. Now the Cine family. Yeah. Right, on La Brea. Fairfax. 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 On Fairfax. Yes. And he would show, all of his friends, all of us would show up, just all of his friends, and he would show Christmas stuff or whatever. And he, and he showed Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer one day. Uh, and the actor, he was still alive at the time, who I think was the voice of Cornelius... You are uh, the, Yukon uh, Cornelius. Yes, Yukon, Yukon Cornelius, Cornelius was was there, <laughs> and he was encouraged. They encouraged people to talk out loud and make comments. Yeah. while the thing was going oh, on. Oh, they should have just watched this down in Baldwin Hills, man. <laughs> <laughs> we already we just do that naturally. Just, whether it's something I, showing or not, whether I it's just, on the screen or not. I just remember the female reindeer who Rudolph, I think, had a crush on. Her name was Clarice, I believe. And, and and right and and I think when they when she said her name my name is Clarice everybody turned into Hannibal Lecter and went 
Good evening, Clarice. <laughs> I just, I, that was one of the funniest moments of my life. No one else thinks it's funny, but I did. My favorite Christmas show. JK. Is one that has only aired one time. But I absolutely what? loved it. Oh, I know. Oh, no. Star Wars yes. Christmas, yes. Christmas special. Yes. Star Wars oh. Christmas special. Yeah. It was awfully, it was awful and fantastic at yeah. the same time. Like, I mean, if there are Carney. so many ways to pick apart, why, then talk about the 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 franchise selling out. That oh, was yeah. one that was an easy no. It was an easy <laughs> no. B. Arthur, Zalea. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Art Carney. Oh, oh, my God. It has one redeeming thing in it. It ended? Well, two redeeming things. One, it ended, <laughs> but it did introduce us to Boba Fett. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. Oh, Boba God, Fett makes his debut right. in, the, right. in the Star sure Wars Christmas special. But yes. if you think about it, there is there is nothing about what we have learned about anything in the Star Wars universe that would imply that they would have a traditional Christmas celebration. Of course not. <laughs> it's the ridiculous, most stupid mashup thing of all time. It is still online. I have a copy. I have a very pristine copy on DVD. Oh, you do. Where did you get it? I know people who know people. He knows people. Mike knows people who know people. That is right up there. If we were to do a worst TV special of all time. I already have that. What? Ringo Starr's 1978 NBC Prince and the Pauper special. Okay. Look it up. Oh, God. I put it up on Facebook about three weeks ago on Throwback. Uh, Thursday. All right. Well, then we have to do a triple bill then with Kiss meets the, the Phantom oh, of the Park. There you oh, go. Thank you. Oh, very so much. good. Thank you, you are searching for someone, but it is not Kiss you are searching for. <laughs> Paul Stanley so going, you... Star Child, we have to get the ambulance. It's so, <laughs> so awesome, though. It's, man. Didn't we rent that one? Yes, we did. We did. Right here in this building. Yes. And we had a screening on Halloween, and I think. We, we tried to get drops from it, and there was music through the whole thing. We couldn't do it. it was and, 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 and the machines wouldn't let us because it was too bad. Right. Oh, oh yeah. Right. That was right. so good. All right. Here's my quick rant then. All right. I think we need to introduce a new phrase into the culture, which is so bad, it's bad. Because <laughs> I'm tired of so bad, it's good. It's so bad, it's enjoyably horrible, sure. But it's not good. Right. So no more so bad, it's good. It will never be good. It's bad. So well, bad, it's bad. There's my rant. Well, bad, bad is the new black. No oranges. True. Very true. Orange is the oh, new black. But, I, but bad is bad. I have a feeling it's about to How about black just being the new black? That's fine with me. I, I have a feeling it's about to get racially motivated here and oh. I think it's time to eh, we don't even I'm need to talk gonna, about the Darius Rucker thing I'm always going to bring it. some energy into it I can't <laughs> my god I'd be a black dude if I didn't say something about race well we're a minute seven minutes in we still haven't heard our song from Iceman yet uh, I want to hear it we should go out on it then right All right. Yeah, well we yeah. have to set it up though is there, well, is there I gave music? you ample opportunity with the whole racial d- direction. That was your cue you didn't pick up oh, on. Well, j- just very quickly, there's something all over the uh, the intersphere. Uh, Darius Rucker at the Rockefeller Center tree lighting saying, I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. And some people of various political uh, affiliations actually said, how dare he, as an African-American, saying, I'm dreaming of a white Christmas <laughs> with all that's going on in, in Ferguson and the I can't breathe thing going on in New York. And I figured if it's to the point now where you can't even sing a Christmas song about white snow, mm-hmm. then we might as well just have a holiday that has no affiliations whatsoever. Have a hot non-denominational holiday. Say that to the folks you meet. Don't offend your atheist friends who don't think God is neat. 
No, there's a whole verse that I forgot to print out. <laughs> hey! So this bed is longer than I This is right. We're going to cut this part expecting. out. All right. No, no, no mistletoe or menorahs you should see. Hi! No stars of Bethlehem atop your generic tree. Have a non-denominational holiday, and in case you didn't hear, I guess we can't have a very, very colorful holiday this year. Woohoo! I, you know, I, I thought this bed was shorter, and I, and I cut out the whole verse about Jews. And God blesses everyone. <laughs> Well, in the whole fast configuration of things, I'd say you're nothing but a scurvy little spider. <laughs> Mr. Napoli, thank you so much for joining us for our first and perhaps your last. Uh, oh, well, you can, we'll see. Yeah, we're, you're know. invited back. I'm just not sure if you want to come back. Where can people find you if they want to find you? Well, I am at jamesnapoli.com, N-A-P-O-L-I. You can learn about the official Dictionary of Sarcasm, my best-selling humor book, wow. and my Huffington Post blogs, and my... Motivational speaker character, Mr. Paul Mall. Who yes. is very funny. Good Follow stuff. Paul Mall on Facebook. He's very spell Mall. M A U L. Thank very you. Very funny. You. Follow him on Facebook. Rob the Iceman Eisenberg. Yeah, once in a while I tweet on Iceman Tweeteth, and I'm on Facebook, and uh, got a big charity show coming up at the uh, Hollywood Improv on uh, the 17th to raise money for Midnight Mission. A lot of comics telling funny holiday stories, so stop on by for that, please. That'll be fun. J.K., Jason E. Kelly. Catch me on Instagram, jkelly72, K-E-L-L-E-Y. Yeah. And uh, Michael Ambers. Uh, at Blind Reviews on uh, Twitter, where I review movies that I refuse to see. Brilliant. Yes. Very funny. Sometimes I review movies that I actually have seen, but mostly it's the ones I have no desire to see at all. At Blind Reviews. And uh, on your television as a uh, story producer for House Hunters. Oh, sweet. Nice. Uh, you can find us at The Snark Monkey on Twitter and upcoming, let's see, currently Ralph Garman of The Kevin and Bean Show here at 106.7 K Rock in Los Angeles, also from Family Guy, The Joe Schmo Show, and as we did, learned in this episode, a Ron Liebman starring ABC after school special from the 80s. Oh, my word. Oh, wow. You need to check that out right now. Pretty great story. And Ralph plays the uh, the jock who's uh, trying to score, who's trying to throw a game and score some drugs in the bathroom. I don't know. It, it's spectacular. The story of how he booked that job <laughs> is is really something that should give all actors Hope. Yeah, he's got a great story. Uh, and forthcoming, well, some really cool stuff you'll hear. And I'll have Inherent Vice stories and, and uh, Josh Brolin uh, probably trying to strangle me stories <laughs> next week. Thank you for being here and uh, have a great week. Take care. Bye, guys. Thanks, Bye, everybody. Mark monkey. We have a jingle already. <laughs> what is the jingle? Get a monkey. Get a monkey! Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.